That's something to think about. Our next guest here, James Simpson, an author. Uh, you've heard him on the Glenn Beck program before, and I just wanted to have him back on to talk about some of the things that we're seeing and why they may be happening and what's really happening behind the scenes here. He's the author of Who Was Karl Marx? The Men, the Motives, and the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left. Mr. Simpson, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you being here with us. Hey, Justin. Happy Thanksgiving. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you too, my friend. Yeah, he's just looking at this list of what America being back means, and apparently that's the stock market taking a, a big hit this morning. It's down because uh, it is, well, they say they're afraid of this new uh, COVID variant. That's that's part of it. I'm sure it has nothing to do with all the rest of the chaos that we're seeing. Uh, more people dead from COVID this year than last, even though we have jabs. Those jabs look like the eff- efficacy's uh, questionable, so you've got to continue uh, to get them every couple of months, it looks like. For now, at least, right. empty store shelves, gas prices uh, through the roof, people forced out of work because no jab, no job. That's just, I'm barely scratching the, uh, you know, the, the list here, but at what the debacle that took place in Afghanistan, the fact that we yeah. continue to look weak on the, on the world stage. Uh, James, I don't have time to go through the whole list here, uh, but, right. but is this intentional? Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. It's unmistakable that it's intentional, in fact, even though, you know, Joe Biden is really uh, mentally challenged. I mean, he proved it in just that little short statement where he mumbled, he bumbled his words. Uh, uh, you know, communist China is his Santa Claus, and they have paid him and his son enormous amounts of money, and he is now doing their bidding. But the entire agenda of the left, and he is hard left. Uh, He may not actually be a communist, but he has been doing the bidding of our enemies since he was elected uh, many decades ago. Uh, He was um, put into office by an organization called the Council for a Livable World, which was founded by a guy named Leo Zillard who was a Manhattan Project scientist, and the Soviets called him their most reliable source for information on the atomic bomb. So in other words, he was committing treason, and he founded this uh, anti-nuclear organization to uh, put up people to run for office to do their bidding. And Joe Biden has always voted with the Soviets in the Senate. I mean, it's it's really stunning that he, he gets away with being considered a moderate, which he is nothing of the sort. But he's really just basically somebody who has so unethical that he's willing to, uh, you know, work for the highest bidder. And the highest bidder over the last few years has been the communist Chinese. And he's been doing their bidding. But the overall issue was... The left has always, their goal has always been to destroy our country. They have always worked with our enemies. And this is deliberate, deliberate manufactured crisis. And in fact, in my book, Who Was Karl Marx? I have a whole chapter on orchestrated crisis where the the goal, and in fact, that was what uh, Glenn Beck first uh, uh, discovered my work on the 
crisis strategy back in 2009, and he did a series of shows uh, based on the uh, research largely, well, a lot of it anyway, that I provided through my writing. And it's all about overwhelming the system with problems, creating fractures in society, uh, just just deluging us with problems. They started with welfare, but now it is in everything they do, the border, swamping the border, uh, all the chaos, all the legal chaos, letting people out of jails, uh, no bond. All of these things are designed to create chaos, uncertainty in our country, all of it. And he is leading the parade right now. James Simpson's with us right now, author. Um, and, and let me ask you, because you particularly mentioned uh, this bail reform issue and some of these things that we've been hearing about, but yeah. the man who, who drove that SUV, I know that CNN and MSNBC and the rest of them point you to think that the SUV was responsible for <laughs> the killing there in, in Waukesha, but the man who was behind the wheel should have actually been in jail. And and, yeah. and there's great conversation about that. Apparently, he was out on a thousand dollar bail. He's got a lengthy rap sheet. Yeah. Uh, but but this this uh, this notion of this bail reform, uh, this is nothing new, is it? I mean, they they this is this is part of the intention, the crisis. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And I mean, he was out on bail after trying to run over his girlfriend. Uh, you know, so <laughs> take a cue there. Uh, all of that i mean you know we're seeing now district attorneys around the country the most prominent of whom is chesa boudin san francisco da he's the guy who can be credited with turning san san francisco into uh uh pardon the expression poop city uh you know he led the charge on the um uh, uh, letting people out of jail, uh, zero bail. Uh, he is the adopted son of weather underground terrorist Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. His mother, Kathy Boudin, uh, and, her, and his father uh, went to prison for murdering a prison, uh, murdering a uh, either a poli- one of the three men killed in the. Uh, Nyack, New York, Brinks robbery in 1980 or 81. I forget what year it was. Uh, and they were doing life. They both got out early. Kathy Boudin now teaches at Columbia. <laughs> but uh, Chase Boudin's a communist just like them. Before he was uh, San Francisco DA, he was an advisor to Hugo Chavez in, uh, wow. in Venezuela. And so these people, their goal is to do whatever they can to disrupt, uh, divide us. It's a divide and conquer strategy. It's really mm-hmm. a military strategy to overthrow our country. That's how you have to look at it. So it's it's no wonder James Simpson, the author of Who Was Karl Marx, The Man, the Motives, and the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left. It's no wonder why we constantly feel divided and are divided by folks in the yep. military, politicians, or not yep. military, but uh, uh, media, politicians. It's only actually media now, or military now because we've got Millie out there saying, yeah, I want to know about yep. uh, white rage. So, I mean, it's it's in every 
Uh, it's coming at us from every angle. And again, as I mentioned, you know, this is either another level of, of sheer incompetence or it's intentional. And James, you're saying it is. This is coming from people who hate America and want a revolution. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And the most, uh, the, the most stunning thing about it is they don't want the revolution. They want us to launch the revolution because that way they will have the pretext to clamp down. And, you know, Obama began purging good people from the military the minute he got into power. And he spent eight years replacing good people with really, really bad people. And in particular, I hate to say this, but, you know, the gay rights and transgender rights issue, you know, now permeates the military. And now, now why did they do that? Do they really care about gay rights or transgender rights or any kind of rights? No. What they have done is put, and, and I, you know, uh, I can't, don't take me to say that, I think everybody who's gay and joins the military hates America. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of them do, and they have said so. They would be more than willing to shoot Americans, which is not something that was true of the military 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so they they are literally uh, uh, corrupting and sabotaging our military, and it also affects good order, morale, and discipline. And so people in the military are really demoralized. I had the opportunity to meet Matthew Lohmeyer uh, uh, last week, who wrote the book about how he was fired from the Air Force. He was an uh, instructor uh, fighter pilot, and he was fired from the Air Force because he raised the issue with his superiors that they were teaching Marxism in the Air Force, and he was fired. And, you know, so that kind of thing just demoralizes the ranks, this, necess- this uh, forcing people to take the shot it is an effort to push out people who don't want to take the shot, who, uh, as you and I, I think, understand, are much more likely to be on the conservative side than the liberal side. And so they, he's deliberately sabotaging and weakening the military and honestly setting us up for attack. Because when our enemies see us in this degraded state where our economy is also being sabotaged, it, it, it just astounds me that he talks about how we're back. It's just amazing. The uh, stock market uh, is really worried that's why the stock market's been going up and down it can't make up its mind about about joe biden and i think pretty soon here at here on it's going to uh finally say "Uh uh-oh now we know who this guy is and you're going to see the stock market go down but the whole thing is to weaken us at every aspect divide us and hopefully provoke us into a genuine insurrection so that they can then have the pretext to clamp down and silence us. All right, and so so James, we got, yeah, hang Sorry. on to that thought because I think this is maybe the most important part. Because as things continue to get worse, you kind of wonder yourself: Can it get worse? 
And I guess the answer is yes, and it will. It can always it's, get worse, yeah. If, especially if it's by design. James Simpson, the author of Who Was Karl Marx? Hang on if you can with us. Uh, through the break, we'll come back. I want to talk about because we talked about the problems, but I want to get into solutions. Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. We're back right after this. All right, so it seems as though we're jumping from crisis to crisis, one emergency to the next. James Simpson, author, says that's intentional. It's because they're trying to force us into something what should or shouldn't we do i know we only got 30 seconds here or so but i think this may be the most important part for us to hear today james my answer stand up and say no that's what we have to do and as more people willing to risk standing up come out more people will be encouraged by that. What, what, is that what does that look like, though? Yeah, what does stand-up look like? Because you said they're trying to force us yeah. into a revolution. The, the best example recently are the 12 jurors in the Rittenhouse trial who stood up to the mob and said no. They looked at the evidence, and it was crystal clear that this was self-defense. Yeah. For them to d decide anything else would have been to rule of the mob we have to stand up and say no there's 17 pages in my book describing specifics of how we can do that lawfully peacefully james simpson Absolutely. i appreciate that who was Karl marx the name of the book you can grab it online or anywhere books are sold james thank you so much for being here with us today justin barkley in for glenn today the glenn beck program. program less than a month ago abby johnson joins us right now Abby, uh, they, they made a movie about her experience. You will know her, recognize her name. The movie Unplanned is how she really went from one of the top Planned Parenthood officials at one point to someone who was just drastically changed by her relationship with Christ and her faith. Abby, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. I, so much we could talk about, but I, I really, I want you to sort of give you an opportunity to expose what's happening in the classrooms because some of the things i heard you talk about and it's been happening intentionally for quite a long time with planned parenthood and folks in the classrooms with your kids it was so disturbing it blew me away when i heard you speak not too long ago here in grand rapids but um what are what are our kids being taught yeah i mean this has been going on a long time um i worked at planned parenthood 12 years ago, and I started there 20 years ago, so I worked there for eight years, So, and, and this was happening, you know, the whole time that I was there. So Planned Parenthood has been in the public education system in many private schools for decades, and that is their purpose. You know, they're not, they're not trying to get to people like me and you, right? <laughs> Um, they figure that we've made up our minds about abortion, about, you know, these types of issues. And so they're, they're really not trying to get to us to convince us one way or the other. They're trying to get to our kids. And um, which sounds familiar, right? That's exactly what, what Hitler did as well. Mm. Um, they go for the youth. And and they try to brainwash the youth. And so that's, I mean, that, that sounds like I'm being, you know, dramatic, but, but I'm not. I mean, um, it's part of their business plan. It works very successfully. Planned Parenthood's 
education program begins in kindergarten. Their sex education program begins in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, they Their first grade program has educators going into the classroom uh, talking about various sexual positions with first graders using stuffed animals. I was blown um, away by that when you were talking about what. So, so what does this look like? Because as you described them when you were speaking, you 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 kind of showed that they take the stuffed animals and they show them different things that I mean, kindergartners, first graders, they shouldn't be talking about any of this stuff. Um, no, they sh- they shouldn't be, but they do it. I mean, they do it for for two reasons. One, they do it to break down the natural modesty of children. Right, so all of us are are born with with a, a a natural desire to protect our bodies and to protect our modesty. Planned Parenthood and and other you know sex education promoters they want to break down that natural modesty. So they want to tell children that flaunting your body is okay. Um, you know, that you should be proud of your body. That's what this body positivity uh, trend is is all about. Um, it's fine to traipse around in your underwear in front of people. It's, it's you know, fine to do that. Um, and so that's sort of what they're teaching our children. Number two, they do it because they want to break down the, the parent-child relationship. Planned Parenthood says in all of their training materials that parents are a barrier to ch- to service. So parents are a barrier to service. So parents are the reason that children are not coming into Planned Parenthood centers and getting contraception at 10, 11, 12 years old. They're the reason that, you know, children aren't getting abortions, you know, as early as they want to. So we need to break that parent-child relationship as early as we can. And one way that we can do it is by getting in to the schools as early as possible. Abby, hang on one second. Trust us. This is important. Abby Johnson explains, coming up in here in just a little bit, how your child could be dropped off at school, taken by one of those school employees to get an abortion, and brought back home the next day. You would have no idea. Right after this. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back in the Glenn Beck program. Justin Barkley in for Glenn today, and Abby Johnson. She is the, uh, well, she is the uh, the the, uh, the focus of that movie on plan that you, you probably saw. And if you haven't, I would definitely say go out and see it. But her story is incredible. She used to want to be one of the highest uh, folks in, in Planned Parenthood at one time until her uh, her entire perspective and position was changed. And, and Abby, um, we'll share a little bit more about that maybe here in a bit if we if we have time. But this the story about what's happening in the schools with the kids and what Planned Parenthood is doing, and you're sharing it, it, it really isn't unlike any other company, a, a strategy where they're going after, brands are going after consumers at a very, very young age to win them over from the childhood. And that's what's happening in schools with Planned Parenthood. You're, you're, you were a part of this. And one of the things that really disturbed me the most is what they're teaching in the schools, how they're grooming these kids to, to, uh, be customers of theirs. Um, and ultimately the fact that as parents, your child could be taken at some point by, uh, somebody that works at the school to Planned Parenthood or another organization 
where they could have a surgical procedure done on them that could lead to them losing their lives, and you as a parent would have no idea about it. Right. Yeah, so, it. I mean, I, I can't say it's terribly uncommon, but um, so there's a lot of states that have really great laws on the books about parental consent, and uh, unfortunately, though, the Supreme Court ruled that any state that has any sort of parental notification, parental consent laws on the books surrounding abortion, they must also have something called judicial bypass in the law that states that a minor child can have an abortion without the parents knowing. They just have to go in front of a judge, and that judge can essentially consent for the minor child to have an abortion without the parents knowing. Wow. And uh, there are organizations set up in, in all the states that have parental consent laws that basically find judges that will just rubber stamp a court order for a minor child to have an abortion without the parents knowing. And um, so like in my state, in the state of Texas, the organization's called Jane's Due Process. And so they just walk with a girl through the process. The girl goes in front of a judge via Zoom. They walk with her through that process. They find a judge. The judge rubber stamps it. She goes in and gets the abortion. And the sad part is that, you know, the, she can go to school one day, and the school counselor, the school nurse, you drop her off at school thinking, oh, she's going to learn about math and science. But really what's happening is the school nurse, the school counselor, whoever can take her from school that day to an abortion clinic, have a surgical abortion where the risk is possibly death. Mm. She's going to sign that consent without you knowing, without your consent. Um, and she's going to have that abortion procedure. She's going to be brought back to the school. You're going to pick her up at the end of the day, and you're not going to have any idea that your daughter just underwent a surgical procedure without your knowledge. And that's <sighs> legal in all 50 states. So this is just something that I never realized. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that maybe don't realize what's happening in their schools and what's perfectly legal and that, and that could take place. So, Abby, I, I mean... Number one, I wanted parents to be aware. I, I think we know that things are really, I mean, especially over the last couple of years, you got to be, if your eyes are open, you got to be aware that crazy things are happening in schools with their kids. But this just takes it to another level. People are waking up. Give us some of the hope and maybe some of the good news, the solutions here. What should we be doing as parents? What can we do? Well, I mean, everybody's got to get Planned Parenthood and these sex education programs out of their school. So, you know, parents have got to get involved. Um, and even if you don't have kids, I don't have, I don't have, I have eight kids. None of my kids go to public school. But that doesn't mean that I'm not at the school board meetings. There are vulnerable kids in those schools. And I feel like I have a responsibility, even if their parents aren't standing up for them, I feel like I have a responsibility to go stand up for those kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all have a responsibility to be our brother's keeper. We all have a responsibility to go and fight for those vulnerable kids that are still in those schools. And so we need to know what's going on in the school system. We need to be fighting for those vulnerable kids. We need to get Planned Parenthood and these graphic sex sex education programs out of the public schools. Um, But that's going to take us showing up to the school board meetings, showing up to the school health advisory committee meetings. Um, And we need good parents to run for for school board positions. Mm. Um, we need to get these liberal maniacs 
out of out of school boards, off the school boards, and we need good conservative parents. Even if you don't have kids on the, in the school, we still need good conservative people on these school boards and in these school board positions. These are things that seem, um, I mean, they just seem almost insurmountable. They seem almost impossible. One of the things I think, and my daughter, she's going to be a year here in the next couple of weeks, and you know, I just we've been fighting. Uh, she was born, you know, two months uh, early. She was born at 27 weeks and and uh, two pounds, six ounces when she was born. And we just seen God working miracles throughout the entire process. So she, we've been fighting with her from the beginning, and we won't stop fighting. I think as a parent, that's just a natural instinct. But some of these things can seem overwhelming. Yeah. And, and, and I just want people to know about the hope that if we take some of these steps that we can make good things, so we can make big things happen. One of the stories you shared, Abby, and it was just, I think, something that we could all use right now in the season that we're in, um, maybe a little bit of hope, is the story about this this woman that, that went to uh, to get an abortion, I think it was in New York, and she walked yeah. into a, one of these places where a, a, a resource center where they were going to give you know, resources and healthcare and all these different things to, to these uh, moms that come in and inquiring. And the, the, the outstanding happy ending that came out of this <laughs> was nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. So I have a friend that works at a pregnancy center in uh, New York and this woman came in and there's a, a late term abortion clinic uh, right next to this pregnancy center. And this woman walked in and uh, to my friend's pregnancy center, and she put her hand up in my friend's face, and she said, I don't want to hear about your God. I don't want to hear about religion. I want you to give me a free ultrasound so I know how far along I am in my pregnancy so I can go downstairs and have my abortion. And so my friend was like, oh, man, okay. So she took her back. She was doing the ultrasound. She was really praying, and she was like, Lord, you got to – you got to give me something to say to this girl to sort of soften her heart. And uh, she kept feeling like the Lord was telling her to ask the woman, do you want to hold your baby's hand? Mm. And she was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Why would I ask her that? And um, But that's what the Lord kept putting on her heart. And so finally she was like, do you want to hold your baby's hand? And the girl was like, what? And uh, she said, I don't know. I've just been praying for you. And that's what God keeps telling me to ask you. And right then, my friend felt very compelled to take this woman's hand and to put it on her abdomen. And so she did. And um, they both looked up at the monitor right then. And this 16-week-old baby reached her little hand up and put it right at the top of her mother's womb. And it looked like they were holding hands on the screen. And that woman, of course, chose life that day. And um, you know, I tell people all the time, I mean, of course, that was a, a huge miracle that happened that day in that pregnancy resource center. But there are miracles happening every day across the country in the more than 2,500 pregnancy resource centers across our nation. There are miracles happening with those prayer warriors that are standing out in front of abortion clinics every day. Women are turning around, choosing life for their babies. You know, these women that had abortion appointments that are seeing people standing out in front of those clinics and saying, you know what, I'm not going to choose abortion today. You know, there's miracles happening. I run a ministry for abortion clinic workers 
um, we've had over 600 abortion clinic workers walk out of their jobs and come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and that includes seven full-time abortion doctors. So miracles are happening. Conversions are happening. We're seeing God move in a big way. And just, you know, next week on December 1st, the Supreme Court opening arguments uh, in front of the Supreme Court are going to be taking place. And, you know, we may see Roe overturned uh, this spring. And, And so we all need to be in prayer and we all need to be doing our part and taking action. Abby Johnson, you uh, you can go and, and uh, find out more at abbyj.com, uh, abbyjohnson.org uh, websites where you can get more information and stay in touch. One of the things that I, I think we always hear, Abby, before I let you go, is this this argument from, from people, a lot of times from the left, and they'll say things like, well, you know, they don't they, they care about a child up until they're born, and they don't really care about it afterwards. So some of the things that I've learned about these these organizations that are doing this work is the incredible things that they do behind the scenes to get women actual health care but also resources to take care of those babies and i've seen you post this on your facebook page where there's something happening and you and, and you need some help for a specific woman out of the blue and then people just come out of the, the like the the floodworks just just <laughs> outpouring to help these women yeah yeah um yeah i run a 24-hour crisis line called Loveline, and uh if you ever encounter anybody, anybody that's listening, if you ever encounter anybody at, at a hotel or at a fast food restaurant, anybody who's ever struggling, a single parent, single dad, single mom, woman who's pregnant, woman who's homeless, uh, and you see somebody who needs help, you can send them to loveline.com. We're a crisis uh, pregnancy line. And, uh, but we don't just help people who are pregnant. We help anybody who's in crisis. We've helped domestic violence survivors, anybody. And, um, you know, we post registries for families. We had a family whose house burned down. We had to completely replenish a whole new house for them. And really, Justin, we have, I mean, we post a registry, and within two hours, a registry of 200 items is completely filled. I mean, wow. you know, people, you know, the, pro, the pro-abortion movement will say that, you know, oh, we're only here for, peop- you know, for babies after, you know, once they're born, and then we leave them. But that's totally untrue. And i, I got to tell you, though, even if we were only here for babies, you know, up until they're born, that's still more than the pro-abortion movement does. Um, but it's it's just, it's totally untrue. Well, thank you for all the good work, and thank you for, for everything you do. And, Abby, thank you for sharing your story with everyone and the stories of, of what are happening. I think you've given us some good solutions. People are getting engaged. They're getting involved now more than ever. And I think that's sort of the, you know, the silver lining of what we've been through in the last couple of years is that people are waking up, and now they've got sort of the marching orders of what to do next. Abby Johnson, thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. Thank you. You got it. Uh, AbbyJ.com, if you want to stay in touch uh, with Abby, and, of course, hear more. Her, her uh, the, the movie is in, incredible. You have time this weekend. Unplanned is what it's called. You can rent it and watch it. Um, it uh, it's just an amazing story. But I think one that we all need to hear as we continue to feel hopeless and helpless at times, that's part of, I think, the bigger picture of what we're facing. I I do think, as we talked about earlier in the program, all of these things, uh, the series of crises, one after the other, that we see happening on a daily basis all around us, intentional and designed 
in such a way that I think really to bring down this country and our way of life, one of the things they want us to feel is like we're hopeless. Is like we're helpless. But that's just not the truth. We'll talk more about that coming up after this. Justin Barkley and for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck Program.